0: Into the iris. That was almost amusing. I have no time for games. Ah, uh, Savamis, you are correct. I do have not... Not have don't have time for games. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Freezing Nomad. I know it's been quite a while, about three weeks now since my last episode, and I do apologize. I've been extremely busy with work and just wanting to relax. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a really bad bout of sadness, depression, and I I had major imposter syndrome with everything when it came to work. To this podcast and just being a gamer, but I'm out of that and I'm ready. To, I'm pumped and I'm ready to just continue on with this. So I thank you for looking at this episode and be like, Oh man, another episode of The Freezing Nomad. I wonder what Perfect Nomad has to talk about today. Yay! So I do appreciate that very truly and deeply. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get this episode started. In that tiny hiatus I took from podcasting. Uh, I finished Before the Storm. Uh, I went out and I bought it at Barnes Noble. I got really lucky. I got a signed copy by Christy Golden. Uh, Not directly from her, but I went to the Barnes Noble that she went to over here in, uh, in Huntington Beach, which is about 15 minutes from me. She went to Barnes & Noble there, did a book signing. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. But fortunately... They had extra signed copies, and I happened to get one of them. Yeah! So I read the book, and I have a lot of mixed feelings. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you now that this will be some spoilers for Before the Storm. So if you haven't read it, I highly recommend skipping ahead or just not listening, because I'm going to do a lot of callbacks to Before the Storm. And if you haven't read it yet, I don't want to be the one to spoil it for you. I did kind of spoil it on my Twitter, but I did give a spoiler warning. So if you were there and you saw it and you're kind of mad at me for that, I do apologize. (laughs) But other podcasters have talked about it and it's been out for a while now. So it's kind of safe to talk about it now. But um, yeah, this is your complete final warning that here's your before the storm spoiler alert. So I'm giving you three seconds. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. All right. Before the storm spoilers. I know a lot of people at the ending were like, what the hell Sylvanas? How could you kill your own people? Well, let's, let's take a step back here. Sylvanas is a mastermind. She is a tactician. She doesn't think about feelings and that kind of stuff. She has feelings. We, we know that, but she wants to always be, two steps ahead and getting into her head at that moment she was afraid she was afraid that those people her her people the forsaken who were defecting like her worst fear came true like the, some of the forsaken were defecting and those forsaken who stayed and were happy to see their old families how do we know that they weren't going to defect later in life how do we know that they wouldn't lay down their weapons and be like i can't fight I'm not going to kill my old family. I can't do it. As a horde leader, as a leader, as, 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 as somebody who has fostered these children who, haven't, who who are lost, to see them leave and run away, it hurts. It's, it's heartbreaking to see that. And yeah, maybe she didn't have to go and kill her forsaken who weren't defecting, who were running back. You just don't know if they weren't gonna do that in the future. And this is war. This, this is absolute war. And you cannot take any chances. So I understand why she made that decision. I, I get it. I, I really honestly get it. That I would probably say maybe that was the wrong choice. Deal with those forsaken later who might defect. Deal with them later. Wait till you have concrete proof that they were going to defect. I understand that Sylvanas doesn't work that way. It's kind of cute. My my cat's name is Sylvanas. And every time I say Sylvanas, her ears perk up and she looks at me like, what? <laughs> but I get it. I understand. But again, this is Warcraft. And I, I love this. I love this kind of stuff. I love this complete black choice as opposed to white or morally gray. I love these kind of things because it creates conflict. It creates Tension. It makes people just hate Sylvanas and not want to follow her, or just hate her even more. I mean, most Alliance hate her because she killed Liam, Greymane's son. Worgen players do not like Sylvanas or the Forsaken because they destroyed Gilneas, and this just further cements that. But me, I look at Sylvanas and don't see her as evil. Much as like I don't see Jason from Friday the 13th, I don't see his mother as evil. I just see her as a mother who was scorned, who lost her child, and now she wants revenge against counselors who neglect other children. Sylvanas just wants the Horde and her people to prevail, and she will stop at nothing, absolutely nothing, to get in her way. In Before the Storm, Christy Golden and her team do a fantastic job of humanizing the Forsaken, allowing us to see further into the Forsaken lifestyle. A long time ago I remember picking up the Vanilla World of Warcraft box set. This is the, at the time Burning Crusade was out, but I had just gotten the the Vanilla box set and it came with like a mini bible full of like w- rich Warcraft lore about every single class I was out at the time and I was reading that thing back and forth while I was waiting for the game to download back on my dial-up connection and I remember really liking the undead, the idea of the undead and reading their racial ability of having um, water breathing were back at the time. Forsaken still had the the, um, it, it took a long time for them to drown. And the way the game explained like they were, quote unquote, drowning was that they were falling apart. Um, I, I hadn't seen anything like that until before the storm. So they do a fantastic job of explaining that the forsaken get themselves a new finger. They get new hands, new arms anytime something falls apart because your body, when you're alive, it, it, it's constantly re regenerating itself. Like your, your skin is alive right now. Like if you get a cut, you regenerate in a couple of days, like that tiny little cut as a forsaken, you're dead. Everything about you is dead other than like the soul that's keeping you alive and walking around. So if, if you're out there fighting and you lose your hand or your arm, that's it. But you can go back to the Undercity and get a fresh one. It might not be as strong as your previous one, but Hey, you got another one. And you know, if you get a cut, you're SOL for the time being, it's that's it, you know, do what you can patch yourself up literally with the sewing needle and thread, patch yourself up. So I I, I get Sylvanas' point of view. Like her people cannot procreate. If they have a final death, that's it. I mean, of course, humans too. If they die, they'll they'll die. Anything that's alive. But I understand why her why she wants her people to, to thrive, and I sympathize with them. I am a horde loyalist now. I had been for the Alliance for seven plus years. <laughs> I know. And the reason I don't like the Alliance now because it reminds me of a dark not what not too dark but it reminds me of my past that i want to let go and it was kind of nice because the horde opened up their doors to me and welcomed me as a family and it's still like that today and i I wouldn't have it any other way so that's why i like the horde because to me it's a rich story as opposed to the alliance i'm not trashing the alliance here I, i love all the the storytelling i'm truthfully speaking i'm for azeroth i love both sides i love the game but I like the Alliance less. <laughs> I don't like their story. I can't relate to Anduin. I never had a father growing up. And I understand that Anduin lost his father recently. And in the book, he recently lost his uh, the family advisor, Will. Uh, which could be the catalyst as to why Anduin wanted to find peace between the humans and the Forsaken. But I understand loss... But I don't understand losing a father because I never had one growing up. So I can't relate on that. I can't relate to Anduin of losing somebody that close to him. I just, ah, I mean, he's a cool kid. He's a he's a typical Boy Scout I, in, in the most nicest way possible. I was a Boy Scout growing up. You know, he's, he's a nice person. He, he has a genuine, kind soul. And I do like that about him. And I believe every story needs that. But it's not for me. I grew up with struggles. I grew up very uh, angry and just wanting to thrive and survive. And that's why I like the Horde. They're constantly seen as the monsters, the bad guys. And when you play through them, you learn so many more different things about the Horde. And I think that's what Blizzard's doing with Before the Storm. They're giving us all these red herrings about the Horde painting sylvanas as the bad person or the horde as the bad guys and the alliance as the main characters and the uh the good guys i think that there's something bigger at stake here and i am so excited to see what that is at the time of this recording part one of war of the thorns has come as uh, has has been released so the new patch is out and that means the stat squish is in war mode is in and that gives you, you know, PVP talents and PVP toggle that's only done in the, the capital cities. Um, in War of the Thorns, it, it's shown that Sylvanas is, is the one who starts this war. She wants to burn down Darnassus, uh, Teldrassil, I believe, not Nordrassil was that old one where Archimonde tried to burn, uh, well he took down I think. I'm a little sketchy on my Warcraft lore, so Feel free to correct me later in an email or something, <laughs> but yeah, she, she's the one who starts, starts his whole campaign. Um, and it's because of the, the Azerite, the, uh, the cinematic that got released a while back where they see, uh, where Anduin sees the rock, Matthias brings it to him or, um, Sylvanas, she sees the rock of, uh, Azer- Excuse me. I got to take a drink of water. Ugh, it's refreshing. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, in the cinematics, uh, they see the azurite, They see this rock. And at the time, this was before the book was released. We didn't know what the significance was. It looked like a rock that was glowing. And it was like, oh, man, we need this. And as players and gamers, we didn't know what the significance was until before the storm came out, where we were able to go in their minds and visualize what they were experiencing by holding this Azurite. Azerite is the lifeblood of Azeroth, and because Sargeras struck his sword so deep within Azeroth and almost hit the core, it Azeroth's bleeding, and that's Azeroth's blood. That's her blood, Azerite, and when you touch Azerite, it makes you feel gigantic, enormous, like a god, like your mind goes a million miles an hour and you think of all of these strategies and things I, I it, if you read into it, I feel like it, it kind of reveals who you are and it opens up your mind. It opens up your heart. It makes you a truer uh, experience of what you are and who you are. And when, when he, te- when he touches it, he, he sees like, he, he feels like he can move mountains, how many people he can heal, what, who he can save. And then he gets the dreaded thought of, how many people can this kill? Sylvanas is like, we can weaponize this. We can use this to eliminate the Alliance. We can use this to make a sanction for the Horde, for my people. We can we can use this. And it's really neat how Blizzard called back to Azurite, oh, to Kajakola, actually, all the way back in Cataclysm. The re- oh, Kajakola was that little goblin thing that goblins made casuamite is what made the goblins so smart and gave them their ideas it's like a, it's 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 like an unrefined version of azurite it still gives you that sort of feeling of you can it it gives your brain a million miles an hour thought process it upgrades your cpu and your ram but it's not and it's azurite is the pure form So it was really cool to see that. And when it was given to Sylvanas, Galiwix is the one who gave it to her. And in the book, he's just like, hey, you notice anything different? And then she's looking at him like, what the hell are you talking? Wait a minute, your scepter. That thing used to be red. Now it's golden like honey. He's like, I know. When Sargeras struck the sword, this turned gold. So it turns out this entire time Galiwix had Azerite on his scepter, but it used to be red. And when Sargeras struck his sword into Azeroth, it turned into Azerite. <laughs> how cool is that? Or I, or maybe I got it mixed up. Maybe he just put the Azerite on it. I don't know. But like he's had it. He's known about it since all the way to Cataclysm, Deathwing, when uh, Azeroth got changed. So it's really neat how we're do, how they're doing all these callbacks. I love it. I freaking love it. But yeah, man, the book is incredible. It, it allows you to see into the minds of the, the leaders, respectively. And and, 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 it, and my other favorite part was that it humanized the forsaken and it just made me want more lore and it's, oh, it, it gave me the chills, the ending. I, I love it. I love it. I love the fact that Christy Golden's on the team and working with the writers and stuff like that. I got to meet those guys, by the way, when they came to the, the show, when we did a different show for them and those guys love what they do. And you can, you, you can totally feel that when it comes to the book. Which sucks right now because there's people out there like, oh, this content sucks. Guys, it's only week one. This is phase one. It's not the entire story. And there are people out there who are like, I don't follow Sylvanas. I follow the Horde, just not Sylvanas. Stick with it, man. Stick with it. I know Horde got burned by Garrosh. But let's also look at it this way. Garrosh wanted a more pure form of the Horde. He wanted orcs and strength and honor and blood and thunder he that's what he thought the horde was and honestly i like that i, I oh i just i want to get in there and pop gnome heads and punch night elves in the face i love that <laughs> uh, but because this is warcraft and i understand that some people play world of warcraft For the peace and tranquility that it brings to their lives. And they they want to escape into, into a world that's not theirs. They want to be at peace. They don't want to be reminded of the dangers of the world. They want to escape. I understand that and I completely respect that because it's the same way for me, but on a different plane. I don't want to be me. I don't. I, I'm already nice outside of the world of Warcraft. I I, I give a lot, you know, because of work. Not, not I'm sorry, not to humble brag, but I, re, I like to respect people and their opinions. I listen to them. It's part of my job and my personality. But when I'm in World of Warcraft, I want to raise stuff. I want to kill things. I want to eliminate the enemy. I want to take them down. I want to smash their teeth in <laughs> because it's not literally me. It's not myself i'm i'm a different person playing a video game so that's why i like this it's it's an escape for me as well but i'll appreciate any direction that it goes because i trust blizzard i've been playing their games for years years so i i'm I'm excited the direction that it's going so i mean but to to say i will play both sides horde primarily because I actually did get really bored playing on my Worgen Rogue. I'm like, okay, oh no, the Horde came in, destroyed our town area thing. Go stop the Furbolds! <sighs> oh, it's Malfurion again. I, I don't care for Malfurion, <laughs> and I don't care for the whole woe is me side. I don't care for that yet. But like I said earlier, it's only week one. Maybe it'll get better. But I'm really excited to see when Alliance takes back Undercity. Whatever, you guys can have it. I'm excited to see that part. I'm real excited to see the Alliance side of that. I want to see Anduin just get angry that the Night Elf homeland is just being raised. I want to see... I'm ready for Anduin to just break his Boy scoutness and just get full-on rage mode. Not, Not like Zealot style, but more like, all right, you've pushed my buttons... Angers out. I'm I'm ready for that. I want that. Give me the blood. Give me the bloodshed. Give me the anger and the passion that I know that Blizzard has in store for these characters. Give it to me. I'm ready for it. (laughs) Heroes of the Storm also had me hooked in for a while because they had the whole Alteric Pass uh, event going on. Like I said last time, Alteric Pass was one of my favorite battlegrounds back in the day, and playing Heroes of the Storm with Alteric Pass in it has been a dream come true. I I have a really weird fascination with MOBAs. I love them and I hate them. Mostly love them, but I hate them because it gets me so fired up and I feel like sometimes I get monkeys on my other team (laughs) or on my team. (laughs) But Heroes of the Storm is always pushing out great content and Because they tie in World of Warcraft into that game as well. I just want to play it more and more and more. So, Blizzard. You're always tying my time up. Because you release amazing things in World of Warcraft. Then you release amazing things in Heroes. And then you release more things in Overwatch. I can't stop and pick and choose different games. Stop it. I don't have enough time of the day. (laughs) Also, in Overwatch wrecking ball aka hammond is finally out he is a really high skill tank and i i haven't really played a lot of time on him he is not the character for me and the people who play him right now are still figuring him out but he is going to be a flipping nightmare when people like finally figure him out he's scary like i'm I'm not worried for the future of Overwatch, but it's like, man, people really got to up, up their game now, and especially these uh, professional Overwatch players. They, they're going to have to amp up their game because Hammond is crazy. He, he huh. If you haven't played him yet, he's a little hamster in a robot, and this robot rolls around. That's, that's his like way of getting around. He can also grapple like Spider-Man and swing around a point. If he can get a good angle, he can just twirl and twirl and twirl. And if he gets enough momentum, it starts doing damage. He can knock people out of the way. And it's it's fun. It's cool. It's it's a sight to behold in Overwatch. It's it's something in a first person shooter you wouldn't think existed, but it does. He, uh, when he's surrounded by enemies, he can press a button and then he gets more shields. He's got machine gun turrets on each side. And then if he gets in trouble, he can grapple or roll away. And if he's like high up in the air or even just a few inches, I guess he can just jump up and slam down on the ground, like a seismic slam or what is it? Mario's booty slam and <laughs> super smash brothers. It's kind of the same thing or no Kirby, <laughs> like the down B move on Kirby. That's what he does. And man, he is cool, but I hate killing him. <laughs> Why? Because he squeaks. Like he's dying. It's so sad. He's he's a hamster, so he's squeaking, and the robot talks for him, and it's super cool because the robot has like this deep voice, and it has it's 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 uh, static. It, there's barely any dynamic to the voice, so it's like mono- monotone, and then like it has got all this personality. He's chirping and squeaking, <laughs> and like and when you kill him, you see the little body flying, and then he's like flipping around and dead and he's squeaking, and it's sad, <laughs> and I hate it, <laughs> but hey, I, I love playing these games, and it's, it's, there's so much to talk about, and so many people to play with, and that's why I love these Blizzard games, but also calling back to Heroes of the Storm, today at the time of this recording, Sally White Maine got announced as the next hero in heroes of the storm white mane from scarlet monastery you know arise my champion that that lady her she's coming into heroes of the storm we don't know what her abilities are yet at the time of this recording but dude she's the hero i didn't know i wanted in heroes of the storm like i saw the okay so we saw the doors the way they did it it was the doors to scarlet monastery we didn't know that it was scarlet monastery at the time then they opened and then boom there she was sitting at the throne the next day on the reveal which was today but some people speculated that it was going to be uh how do you say his name arcturus menx from starcraft the space anduin <laughs> some people thought it was uh, going to be that because the architecture was similar and I thought that was kind of silly comparing it because Blizzard borrows a lot from their games, guys. <laughs> not not to poke fun at anybody. Every Everybody was excited, and it's fun to guess, but it was kind of obvious that it was going to be Scarlet Monastery after the, the doors opened. But we just didn't know what hero it was going to be. I mean, it could have been Mograine. Heck, they could have made a curveball and did Harad. You know, old Harad, the guy who does Blades of Light. That guy. <laughs> could have been that. But no, white Mane. What is she going to do? I don't know, but she's got to have a res in her kit. I guarantee you she's going to. That's going to be one of her ultimates. Maybe. Maybe. We don't know yet. Maybe she'll... Dude, I think she's going to be a discipline priest type. Oh, that's going to be super cool. Okay, that's another thing that I love about Blizzard, what they do with Heroes of the Storm. They take these characters and they're like, okay, what if if a ret paladin was in Heroes of the Storm? And then they made... URL. they're like, oh man, what if a fire mage was in Heroes of the Storm? Kael'thas, oh, what if an arcane mage was in Heroes of the Storm? Leeming, <laughs> so it's a, uh, I, I like that, I really like that. Excuse me, got to take another swig of water. I use Anchor to record, and I don't have like these little uh, buttons to pause the recording, so it's everything you hear is live, <laughs> right on the grid. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm excited. White main's coming in, and that's going to be a flipping blast. <laughs> <sighs> so, Overwatch, going back to that. I haven't played competitive in a while now, um, just due to time constraints and just deciding to put my spare time into World of Warcraft. Um, I fell back to 3,000 rating. Oh, man. I'm still diamond, though, but I guarantee you, as soon as I play competitive, I'm going to fall back to platinum because my skills. Are just not going to be up to par, and yeah, that's just going to be it. And uh, you know, people are still figuring out how to use Symmetra and competitive. I, I like her, I really like Symmetra, the new rework because that that ult where she has the photon barrier shield thing that goes the entire map is incredible, stops so many ults, can save so many lives. Um, there's so many different tricks with her teleporter, and on top of that, in a few weeks, we're going to get Wrecking Ball into competitive. And people are going to still figure, like, out. They're still going to be in the process of figuring it out. So, uh, Overwatch is in a pretty good direction right now. I mean, it's still fun. They're keeping it fresh. And I I love that. I really, really do enjoy that. And I hope they don't stop adding characters that shake up the meta or shake up the game. I mean, that's that's super cool. I would like to see another uh, another DPS type that isn't, like tricky or utility i want straight dps um nothing like like doomfist or sombra i i like them i like the whole idea of the characters i i do like doomfist but i want more of a how do you say not not an area denial but i want somebody who can do mass damage like in in the middle of a brawl and like can survive that's that's what i want or maybe another hero that's hitscan scan. Maybe that's what the game needs. I, I'm not entirely sure what Overwatch needs right now because I feel like it's in a pretty decent place and it, it's still fun. Um, and yeah, I, my mind's going all over the place right now because I uh, I just I can't wait to play some more Warcraft after this. <laughs> but yeah, um, let's see what else we got here. Hmm. Oh, I can't think of anything else to talk about on this subject. So I'm going to go ahead and move to the next one. (laughs) I went to a Los Angeles Valiant viewing party for the playoffs over in eSports Arena in Los Angeles. I got to meet Steve on sports, Steve Fortin of the Los Angeles Valiant. He's the photographer and social media dude. Amazing guy. Um, When I did the Los Angeles Valiant procession, he's the guy I reached out to. He does amazing work. Him and his team. I got to meet Flint as well. Awesome dude. He he's got this sweet mohawk thing going on, and he he reps Valiant. Just charming guy. Awesome people. And I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that kind of stuff. I, it's gonna be a while till Overwatch League comes back, and I'm seriously gonna miss it. I made a lot of connections, a lot of friends because of Overwatch League, and uh, and I, I, I even got my work to get incorporated into that. I I love it. Love that stuff. But uh, speaking of work, here's the more uh, personal side of this episode, of this podcast. Um, At work, we, uh, (laughs) I'm getting a little emotional here. There's this little girl named Madison, a local girl over here in Buena Park. She had a stroke. She wasn't supposed to have a seventh birthday. And her parents reached out to KTLA 5, a local news station here. And all she wanted for her birthday was a unicorn. And everywhere that they reached out to, was just like, oh, we can give you a discount. You know, we can do this, but, you know, we can't really offer anything else. My my boss, kind dude, reached out and was like, we'll do something for you at medieval times. So that happened uh, last Saturday. We, um, (laughs) we... (laughs) I I I, we we got horse glitter. I, I looked it up on Amazon. Got some horse glitter. We had our head stable dude create a a, a horn. Um, fun fact: that same horn was used when Blizzard came over and did their show. <laughs> uh, we wrapped it up, you know, made it look all nice and sparkly. Um, we got an Andalusian out, and we changed one of our horses and made it look like a unicorn. We didn't just do that; we also closed off a section of our castle for her and her family, all 160 members or whatever. We, uh, we, we threw her a party with some kind people, a, a DJ came out and some party decoration people. They came out, made some treats and a cake that was in the shape of a unicorn, got her some unicorn decorations. And we, we threw a party for little Madison and I was there in costume. They got there first, uh, Madison, cute little girl she was just running around in a pink dress she had a unicorn symbol on it Um, she had a full set of hair which grew back after her surgeries and stuff and she was just running around like a normal seven-year-old and she wasn't supposed to be that way it just it really touched me like it touched my heart and just seeing her face like light up when the unicorn came out it just ah dude i i was almost in almost in tears i wanted to like just start bawling like oh this is great (laughs) And it's, it's, it was nice because it reminded me like why I do this job. It's not just for me. It's, it's just, it's, it's also for the people, but you know, some days I just get that feeling where it's, it's, it's tough to do what I do because it's not an easy job. I, I get it. You know, how hard is it to put on a costume and be the chipper dude? It's, it's tough guys. It's really, really tough. But on the flip side, I have so many amazing people backing me. And when I'm driving around, you know, I, I listen to many different podcasts, podcasters who inspired me to, to make this and to continue doing what I do. So in my way of giving back, <laughs> this is how I'm going to tie it up in my way of giving back. When con before the storm was announced, I showed my, my, my boss, like, Hey, there's this thing going around it's a day before blizzcon it's where all all my nerdy friends they get together and they throw a party they're doing a kickstarter is there anything that we can do he's like okay i'll keep it up so he was watching it the kickstarter and he was amazed at how much money it got funded con before the storm how much it got funded in day one and when it ended he noticed that it was shy you know some some cash from having rolled of podcast and i was like dude we got to make this happen for them. We have to, please. Like we, we, we can do this. You know, I'm sure they'll let us like booth. they like, come on, please. And he's like, okay, find the contact of the, of this con before the storm thing. And we'll, we'll get them to that. We'll, we'll make sure their, their podcast thing happens. I was like, okay, let's do it. So I reached out and you know, I got, I got some connections and I, I may finally found my way to, a, to, to Dave who, you know who does calm before the storm. And I let him know, and dude, he was excited and I'm excited. And we had been emailing back and forth and then it was, it was all green light. It was all good. We, we told him we'll get him over and he made things work. He made his magic work. He was super helpful and understanding that, you know, this was kind of my first time doing something this kind of like this on this spectrum. And he was like, all right, is there any logos you want me to use? I'm going to do the the blast tomorrow. And I was like, here you go. And he did the blast. And <laughs> I, 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 it was really, really cool to see how many people were excited that, well, the podcast was happening, you know? And so some podcasters out there actually reached out to me, like, you know, I'm looking at you, bro. <laughs> you guys reached out to me. You found out that, you know, I, I pushed it over, you know, and showed it to my boss and, I was really, really excited to see that you guys excited. You know, it was it was my way of giving back. And as my thank you for doing what you guys do. I know how important podcasting is to you. I, Warcraft is family. This, this community is family. And, you know, you guys ac- accepted me with open arms. And I can't thank you guys enough. And this is just my way of doing that. Making sure that something you love happens. And... You know, lagging balls, Thornthist, Thank you guys for the shout out. You know, having me on your podcast. I I just recently heard you know your little uh, shout out to me on your podcast, previ- uh, recent podcast episode. <laughs> you, thank you. <laughs> I I appreciate you guys and all of you, every single one of you. I know I don't like naming names because I tend to leave people out on accident, but all of you and you you know who you are, even you who's listening right now, you you too, <laughs> even you too, new stranger. <laughs> So, World of Podcast is happening and Medieval Times is going to be there. Me and Solified. I'm going to make sure he goes. He he's got to get out of the arena every now and then <laughs> and stretch his legs. So, he'll he'll be there. I'll make sure of it. Don't worry. But yeah, thank you guys. Thank you podcast listeners and thank you Blizzard for creating this awesome community. You know, you I feel like I have a purpose in this world and that's to be a a Blizzard fan. <laughs> that's as cheesy as that sounds, you know. But yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's it's really, really cool what this community has created, what it's built. And I'm so excited to see World the podcast happen and just see all of you from the East Coast, West Coast, middle of America, everywhere. Everywhere, all wakes of life. I can't wait to meet you all and see you guys. And hopefully some of you who have listened to podcasts. Hopefully you'll be inspired to do something and create on your own. Whew, that got a little real right there for a second, huh? <laughs> well, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the Freezing Nomad. Again, I sincerely apologize that I hadn't been doing a weekly podcast for a while now. I work gets hectic. You know, I, I get in my little bouts of sadness, boohoo. <laughs> but I, I tend to get over it. And, you know, I, I thank you for sticking with it. But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Um, you can find me at Perfect Nomad on Twitter. Feel free to reach out to me to talk to me about your daily gaming stuff. You know, let's 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 chat. You know, let's let's do that. We cool. We homies. <laughs> uh, there's Warcraft communities now. You know, maybe I should get one of those started. Uh, maybe I should get a Discord set up. You know, who knows? Uh, I also want to uh, shout out OpSeat from my last episode. I this seat is still going strong i flip and love it i i i love it i my i'm back pain free it feels good i can lean back relax have a good time in my new brand new nifty chair it still looks good it's withstood 3 cats trying to scratch it it's a damn good seat guys seriously i trust me on this one this is a really good seat and it doesn't break the bank i got mine for $209 because they have their summer sale going on And I can get you another $15 off if you use my link that I'm going to put up in the show notes. So go ahead, check it out. And again, thank you for listening to this. I deeply appreciate you. And have a good day. And if you're Alliance, I'll see you on the battlefield.